Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And it's been a very sad weekend. Um, it, for for those of you who don't get the title of this episode, it comes from the Neil Simon screenplay, uh, Murder by Death. Um, and, I, you know, even though he lived fairly close to me, I actually never got to meet him. Um, in the later years, he suffered from Alzheimer's and, um, it was Alzheimer's and something else. Uh, oh, a failing kidney. Um, but in case, in case this, the tone hasn't been set, um, uh, Neil Simon has passed away at the age of 91. And kind of like Aretha, you know, 91 is a good long life. Aretha was only 72. Lord, please don't let her hear me call her 91. She will kill me. Um, and Neil shared more with us than probably any other of the celebrities that passed away. Um... In terms of just, you know, his, there were a lot of autobiographical Broadway plays on Lost and Yonkers being probably the most personal. Um, there was also the um, Brighton Beach trilogy. Um, but he's best known for Barefoot in the Park and The Odd Couple. Um, the Odd Couple has been a, has, was a play and then a movie I think it went back to being a play, and then it was a TV show. Then it became King. Then it became King of Queens, and then. Um, a couple years ago, Matthew Perry, who had always wanted to play Oscar, um, rebooted it, and it ran for three seasons, but it was never quite right. And in the. Here's the thing that really sucks, and this is why when I'm ready, I'm going to have a pit bull of a business manager. Um, For all the success that the original Odd Couple had on TV, Neil Simon didn't make any money off of it. Or very little money, I should say, because he got a really bad business deal. And why he didn't turn that into a play or something, I don't know. Um, But over the course of his career, he was nominated for 17 Tony Awards and four Academy Awards. He won three Tonys and no Oscars. And that's not really all that surprising. Um, You know, you look at someone like uh, Lynn Miranda Manuel... And realize that, you know, he is an an awesome talent, but he's also writing musicals. Writing plays is harder. Um, And and I'm not saying that as a diss to those who write musicals. But it's harder to get funding. It's harder to get everything because they're not as splashy. And so when it comes time for the Tony, uh, um, Tony Award nominations... 
a lot of producers don't want to put a, a ton of money into that. So what you end up with is a, bro- a Broadway that is filled with cla- um, either classic titles or reboots or Frozen on, on Broadway. And that is something that Mr. Simon really fought against. He thought Broadway should be original, and that there was there was more to it than just making money. And and one of my favorite quotes um, that I read from him in the New York Times, he said, "I didn't know how Broadway worked back then, and I don't know how it works now." This was after one of his plays opened and closed within a week after getting really um, middling to bad reviews. Um, and just a quick note before I before I go on. Um, it used to be, and it still kind of is, if your Broadway show got bad reviews, it closed. Like, there was no coming back from that. It wasn't like a movie where you could just pour marketing dollars into it and make it work. Rest in peace, Mr. Neil Simon. Thank you for all the laughs. I will be right back. And I'm back. This, uh, there's not a lot of celebrities I don't know, or at least, you know, have a little idea about. Um, And when it happens, it really shocks me because, I, you know, I've been covering celebrity gossip for almost nine years now. And even if I don't like someone, or it's not my um, quote-unquote genre per se... I always, like, I at least I've heard of them. This one I've never even heard of. Um, he was the lead vocalist, and I believe... Uh, yeah, he was just a vocalist. His name is Kyle Pavone. Um, he was in a band called We Came As Romans. And it's for... They were a metalcore. I'm not sure what the hell that is, but... Um, there's not much information about Kyle, or at least Kyle's death. Um, we do know that he was taken to a hospital in Michigan, so it's another hometown boy. Um, and he was 28 years old, so he was still relatively young. And when I say relatively, you know, Neil Simon was 91, um, Aretha Franklin was 72, John McCain was... Um, 81 or 82. So, I mean, you know, death is had at any age, and especially for the loved ones of these people. But there's something really, really tragic about someone passing away, not even out of their 30s yet. Um... You know, I can't imagine what his bandmates, what his friends and family are going through at this point. Um, you know, I, when there was that rash of suicides with Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, it was kind of like, a, I, I felt like it was a wake-up call. I'm really glad that suicide wasn't 
or at least hasn't been ruled um, as a cause of death in this case. But there's also this whole um, side of me that's really worried that that's what it was. Um, you know, one of the last tweets that Kyle sent out, it was supposed to be from lyrics from a song called Promise Me that his band sang. And um, it says, will I be remembered or will I be lost in loving eyes? And it's it's really weird to me that that seems almost prophetic. Like, he knew that his time was coming. You know, like, a lot of times I'll just post song lyrics or, like, I'll take a selfie and post song lyrics with that on Instagram and and Facebook. But they're more of the mood I'm in, not, oh, look at me, I'm going to die and I want you to know that I'm going to die, so this is what I'm going to say. Um, I, I, I keep going back to I just can't believe how young he was you know death knows no age and I realize this everyone realizes this it's not that difficult of a concept my issue is not about that my issue is about How can, you know, I, it, there's a lot of people who will say, well, your journey comes to an end when God says it does. But I, I've never really understood that because, you know, again, you have people living, Olivia de, de Holland is 102. How can her journey still be going, but this young kid has come to an end? It doesn't make any sense to me. And, I, and I'm sure that's kind of where his family, friends, and fans are at right now. And his bandmates, I mean, they traveled together. They, you know, they bonded and whatever. There had to be, there has to be some sort of confusion and, and well, I mean, sadness is a given, but, um... There just has to be something, um, another emotion that I'm missing right now. I'm going to go and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And we're going to take a little break from from all the death talk. And we're going to talk about Angelina Jolie. Which is probably just as depressing. But, you know, that kind of is what it is. Um... So there's this really, really great um, piece on page6.com about how she has literally ruined the reputation that she took so long to craft. Um, so, in a nutshell, what, what basically happened is um, she went from the goth wild child who made out with her brother at the Oscars to patron saint of Hollywood. Even though she stole another woman's husband and 
you know, cause chaos on, along the way. So, the, the piece goes into a lot of details that I'm not going to go into. Um, but what, one of the things that really astounded me was... Um, they talk about, you know, how she bullied Brad Pitt. And she thought, you know, when when they finally split, she thought she could just continue to bully him and get her way. And was shocked when he started telling her no. And, um, and that's why she went scorched earth. Well, that's part of the reason why she went scorched earth. And started telling these horrible, horrible lies about him. Like, um, last week I believe we talked about how she said he hadn't paid child support. And it turns out he's paid $9 million in child support. He loaned her $8 million so she could buy a house. Which, what kind of damn house do you need for $9 million? Um, and then he's paid $1.3 million in... In actual child support. So. And all of this is leading to her patron saint of Hollywood image coming undone. People don't like her. I mean, I've never liked her, but. You know, there was a time when she was everything in Hollywood. You know, you wanted a movie made with a female lead, you went to Angelina Jolie first. And now, you don't. Um, and a lot of people are, are citing her divorce as the reason why. They're saying, you know, had she kept it together, had she done what she was supposed to do, Everything would be fine. The fact that she didn't do that... Um... It is why she's struggling right now. Um... You know, her, some of her United Nations buddies told her, like, go after him, go after him hard. You know... And the funny thing is, is... She lobs these accusations, and Brad Pitt has the authorities on his side. He has all of this, and it's just now turning out the way she thought it would. Um, at the um, Golden Globes, I believe it was last year, the 2017 Golden Globes, she got pissed when they when Hollywood. Gave him a gave Brad Pitt a standing ovation when he walked out. And so then two days later, that's why they released a statement saying that they were trying to settle things publicly. And they were close to one. They weren't close to one. And it really makes you wonder, like, you know... How many times can you play the PR game and when? In Angelina's case, it seems like... People argue that um, marrying Brad Pitt 
helped her. I think it actually hurt her. Um, because there were a great many people who looked at her like a homewrecking whore. And now those people are being vindicated, especially now that she's turned on her once beloved husband. And I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. Today is August 26th, and it is Chris Pine's birthday. Now, you probably are thinking, how do you go from talking about death to a homewrecker to a hot hunk who... Oh, that underwear scene in Star Trek just makes your blood boil um, in, a, in a sexy way. And the answer is, even I don't know how, how that works. But I figured that we needed a happy segment. And what could be happier than shirtless Chris Pine? Um, Mandy and I were talking the other day, and, and I did a segment about it. Um, about how it's it's looking more and more likely that he's not going to be in Star Trek Four because um, there's a contract dispute. And then I started thinking, like, he is probably the most in-demand actor right now. And... I think Paramount needs to stop and think about that. You know, yes, it, um, they have the, the next Star Trek already written and ready to be filmed. But they need to consider um, what they're going to do for Tarantino's Star Trek film. For those of you that don't know, Quentin Tarantino has written or it is, has developed a story. Um, it's supposed to be a spaghetti western set in space using Star Trek characters. Now, we don't know which ones... Um, we don't know which ones have been selected or whatever. But I think it's fair to say, like, you're not gonna... You're, you're more likely not going to use... Um... A captain that we haven't already seen, that we don't already know. Um, and I guess they could do Picard, but that's going to be really, really awkward. Um, that's the best word I can use right now. When Picard's new show starts and you have the original Picard, Patrick Stewart, in the role. So, so what can you do? You give Chris Pine the money he deserves. And if you really, really love us, you have him show the booty. And when I say that, I don't mean, oh, a quick glimpse. I'm talking like, put him in the shower and linger that damn camera on his ass. Yes, we're talking about the female gaze. Yes, it could be considered sexual harassment. But damn, Chris Pine is fine. And I'm sure he would be willing to do it. He's shown, um, in another movie, he's shown his butt. So it's not like there's not precedent for it. It's not like that, you know, it's not like there's no way in hell he would ever do that. And 
you know, you're, they always talk about, you know, well, the franchise is losing money, it's not as popular. If you show some goddamn Chris Pine ass, it would be popular again. Look at what happened to Zac Efron. During my Generation Gossip days, I wrote an article saying that he needed to show his butt. That if he showed his butt, his movies would be successful. He showed his butt in, in Bad Grandpa, and that move, movie made almost $100 million. He showed his butt in um, that awkward moment, I believe it's called. Made $50 million off of a $13 million budget, I believe. So listen to me, Paramount Executives. I am here to help you. You want Star Trek to make more money? Give us Chris Pine. Give us Chris Pine naked. You know, maybe they go to a colony where clothes just disappear. I mean, you you have Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. Nobody would object to seeing either of them naked. Especially Chris Pine. Also, Chris Pine is my husband, and I know Mandy's going to murder me, but he is. Um, so, hands off. I'm watching you people. I'm going to go, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. And unfortunately, we are ending the same way we begun, began. Talking about death. Um... This one wasn't unexpected. Um, but it, it it still leaves a big hole in our country. Senator John McCain passed away yesterday, August 25th, um, at his home in Arizona. Um, he had been battling brain cancer for a while. Um, and on Friday the 24th, his family announced that he had decided to give up the treatments. It was another heroic act taken by a man whose life was defined by heroic acts. You know, online I've seen some people say, well, there's nothing heroic about this or whatever, but there was. He wanted to die with dignity, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we can we can say whatever we want to say um, about his, his policies and his beliefs. But the man was a true American hero. And I don't care what anyone says about that. Because of the shithead in charge, um, our, our country has been very divided. And you get people saying nasty, nasty shit like, I hope he hurry was up and dies. And I just want to remind people, before you say something so crass, so nasty, what if that person was your loved one and you saw that or you heard that? How would you feel? Quit being a bastard. Quit taking, quit taking tips from the asshole who stole the election and be more like the man who died. John McCain may have been a lot of things, but at the core of his being he was a good man when he ran and lost ran for president and lost in 2008 he not only congratulated 
President Obama. But they began a friendship. Because they both wanted what was best for this country. Now, and he actually invited President Obama to speak at his funeral. Now let's contrast that with what happened with with Shithead. Shithead started his campaign for the presidency by mocking John McCain's days as a prisoner of war. What kind of lowlife do you have to be to do that? Then he kept a staffer on who said that he was dying anyways and didn't matter. He was the one who was keeping the Republicans in the majority. And I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about his, his dramatic, not traumatic, his dramatic final vote where he did a thumbs down to repealing Obamacare, which raised shithead's ire even more. Um, but all through his life, John McCain did what he felt was best. He enlisted in the army and fought in Vietnam. When he became a senator, he wasn't your typical Republican. Or, let me rephrase that. He wasn't your typical politician. He always went with country over party. And there were moments where people actually believed he could be president. And um, in 2000, when he was... um, when it, it, when Bill Clinton couldn't run again and Al Gore hadn't yet decided, McCain ran and lost the Republican Party nomination to George W. Bush, of course. But he always kept going, and he always did what he thought was best. In 2008... And, and there's a lot of similarities between him and Hillary Clinton. I believe they were friends. I'm not 100% positive of this. Um, but in 2008, it was his coronation. He, there was no way that a young upstart like Barack Obama was going to beat him. He was, there was going to be President McCain to continue on the Bush path. He lost with dignity. You know, he... He said in interviews, I made a bad mistake um, choosing Sarah Palin. I should have chose someone else. And this all leads us right back to, you don't have to agree with someone's policies. I certainly didn't agree with everything that John McCain did. But you can still recognize their humanity and that they're a good person. Which I do. I... I really, truly believe that John McCain was a good man. And we just have a, we had a differing set of opinions. But when it counted, when it mattered the most, John McCain put his country above everything else, and that's what he will be remembered for. And I hate to leave you guys on a somber note like that, but it is time for me to go. Um, there will be a new episode probably tomorrow sometime. Um, this week I'll be traveling, so episodes might be a little bit lighter than normal. 
Thank you guys for listening, and as always, cheers.